Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Hello and welcome back. What's popping, good people? You are back with the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay, and of course, Young Vander is ready with the jewels. Say something to the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, your guy, Bro Joe, holla at him, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend fan? Yo, this show is going to be lit. We got the news and notes for you. Rapid Fire 10, Start, Sit, Help, and the Week 3 Preview. So make sure you got your thinking caps on, your pen, your pad, whatever you need to make sure you get some good notes in to get your weight up for Week 3. If you want to join us on our social media sites at Facebook, we are the Fantasy Football Fiend family. Facebook group on IG, Fantasy Football Fiend. And if you want to get any you know, advertising, promos, things that that nature any info to us fantasy football fiend at gmail.com now let's go right ahead and hop into your news and now your fantasy news All right, guys. So we have several injuries to kind of look over. Most of them doesn't seem like they're going to keep people out for the week, but it's still great to keep in mind. Um, We have Justin Herbert, who is day to day, but he was able to finish his game. He has the rib cartilage injury. Christian Watson of the Green Bay Packers. He is dealing with a hamstring injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Traylon Burks, the rookie wide receiver for Tennessee, is listed as a limited participant in Wednesday's practice as well. Sammy Watkins of Green Bay, also limited. I know, Vander, you were saying that, was it the Wednesday or Thursday practice that a lot of veteran guys would kind of be given a reprieve? What do you right. think about these rookies that are missing practice? This, this sounds like it might be a legit injury. It can be. It depends on in what facet either they're practicing. You got to pay attention to little things. Um, a lot of times when guys are completely out, then that's one thing you should be concerned of. But if it's, if it's a limited practice, you know, as they get closer to the weekend and you see things pick up, they're probably more likely to play uh, a lot of times a lot of guys be doing things on the side so there's a lot of little small detail things that it comes to practice but like you said a lot of the veterans we see tom brady is someone who they already came out and said he will practice no wednesdays this year completely we start to see that he ended up practicing on wednesday oh really he got okay. a whole bunch of new wide receivers because i mean okay. that's actually where i was going next julio jones has a knee injury mike really? evans is going to be suspended godwin may or may not be back as he's trending towards not being back they ended up picking up cole beasley scotty miller is just just the dude right hmm. now gauge is looking like he's going to go but he's kind of recovering from a little bit of an injury as well so the buccaneers their receiving core is it's kind of at the bottom of the barrel now as far as from where they started and where they are right now how do we think that is going to affect the weekend with them going up against green bay buy all of the leonard fournette stock you can afford okay, um, okay. this would be one of those games they're playing against the packers if i'm not mistaken right right mm-hmm. and this is a team that's better against the Packers. 
pass. So you want to be limping in with your receivers with a team that's playing well against the pass this year? I think not. And they're more vulnerable on the ground. So I think we see a whole lot of Leonard Fournette this game. I mean, I'm talking about 25 plus. He's going to be carries. Like he's going to be up there. He's going to get there. So DFS, you definitely want to pay attention to that guy because I'm pretty sure it's priced I, just right. I, I've been looking, I already have him slotted like in my lineup when it comes to uh, <laughs> DFS. That's a person that you definitely want to look at. If, if if Tom Brady is to get hurt, this would be the game he get hurt. And I'm not wishing mm-hmm. that on him. But when defenses know, because all these all these receivers you got, these receivers you name, Perriman, Gage, Scotty Miller, the new newly acquired Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, yeah. That all that tells me is safeties are playing up. Yeah, they're going they're going to play to try to stop the run, number one. And then number two, these guys, uh Smith, these pass rushers of the Packers, they're gonna they, they're gonna mm-hmm. be pinned back. Like they they're gonna know they come they yeah. coming. So if, if it's a game that Brady get messed up, it'll be Sunday. <laughs> I'm not saying he will get hurt, but I can see him picking himself off the ground a whole lot Sunday because I can see them getting in third down, a lot of third downs, a lot of third and longs. And they're gonna be coming because these guys on the outside, you don't fear them beating you over the top. So I see a lot of blisses coming his way Sunday. I actually got yeah. Rashad uh, Perriman, actually. <laughs> Perriman cool. Perriman cool, but what is he to Jair Alexander? True. He cool, but is he cool against Alexander? Hell no. This is a number one corner on a number five receiver. What you think going to happen? Somebody got to catch the ball. But I think relative, like, what I liked about him is his upside. He had five targets, uh, was it, three catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to throw it to somebody. And the Packers pass rush since they left the, uh, not Preston Smith, but Zadarius Smith out the door, they look horrible. I'm, I'm not worried about the pass, the pass rush, but to your point, it is going to present an opportunity for them to bring the safeties in the box. And I, I just think the target is going to, he's going to have to target somebody. If it ain't going to be great. It's going to have to be these other no-name receivers. To speak on a few receivers that should be on their way back, Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup is planning on taking full slates of reps this week. So it looks like he may be on the way back. Um, You have Bills wide receiver Gabriel Davis, who was limited in practice, but it looks like he is trending towards being back. Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman with the quad injury got in limited practice on Wednesday as well. He's trending towards playing this week. So we have a few guys that are on their way back of those guys do you feel that any of them are less likely to actually play this week or it's it seems primed and ready to go i think uh most of these guys you've been naming a lot of them are probably trending towards playing because a lot of them practice today just like the gabriel davis i just think as we get closer to the weekend friday practice is kind of the one i like to kind of base my opinion on really wednesday you just never really know because we've seen kamara practice uh last week a little bit limited fashion and then got down to game time and he didn't play Right. Speaking of Kamara, he got in limited practice today. So did J.K. Dobbins. He practiced in full. So it it looks like he's coming back from his injury. Who knows what that'll look like as far as some type of a snap count, which they'll definitely be. But it looks like he's trending towards playing. Fournette has a bit of a hamstring issue. He was limited in Wednesday, but it looks like he's going to be a full go. Swift's ankle kept him out of practice on Wednesday, though even last week when he had the ankle issue, um, he was still able to go. They did get him limited snaps he was able to do quite a bit with those limited snaps but just something to monitor same team tj hawkinson was limited in practice on wednesday with a hip injury so we know tj's no stranger to injury make sure you keep your eye out on the friday practice for tj bills tight end dawson knox has a foot injury and he did not practice on wednesday make sure that you keep an eye out on knox and the 49ers have promoted running back marlon mack from the practice squad they also pick up tevin coleman that 
tells me that they know that nine times out of ten, they're going to go through a few running back this season. Already had two hurt, the rookie Price and also Elijah Mitchell. How do we feel about Marlon Mack? How do we feel about Tevin Coleman? How do we feel about Joe Wilson with the fact that they're picking up these guys? Jeff Wilson is the guy right now, but I don't like Jeff Wilson on the long haul. He has an injury history itself. There's a lot of tough games they got coming up. They get some really good run defenses, but the guy out, I kind of like is I like Marlon Mack because again, this is a guy they was trying to get last year from the Colts and trade, but it didn't go through. He kind of fits that mold. He seems like probably one of the more healthier guys that's ready, veteran, proven. Tevin is a little older, so I'm not really concerned about him coming in doing much of nothing, but I like Marlon Mack, honestly. I got my eyes on him. A lot of people don't pay attention to, when you see certain names, you know, practice squad additions or whatever, but certain names you want to pay attention to. Like the Buccaneers just signed Cole Bleas to the practice squad. We already know he's going to get up, you know, uploaded up. Correct. Worst case scenario to be next week. And when I seen Marlon Mack being signed to the practice squad, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, okay, this is it. So let me, you know, let me chill. Let me, and I know a lot of guys in my league's not really paying attention. So it's one of those things I'm paying attention to. I actually have Jeff Wilson in our league of, uh, you know, that we do. And I'm really trying to, uh, I'm really trying to get off of him, to be honest with you. So I really would like to trade him before all this happens. And then once I free up that roster spot, I'll just go grab Mac and hold him in the, hold him in the stash. So I think if he get an opportunity, I think Mac will actually look pretty damn good. I'm just waiting on that. I honestly don't want anything to do with the backfield other than Jeff Wilson. I know we mentioned a little bit about uh, Marlon Mack. What makes this backfield erratic is that I feel like we know Shanahan's guys are Shanahan guys. We know Mitchell is going to be Mitchell. He's the lead back once he's healthy. We know Jeff is the second, and then everything else could be a shit zone. If you have Jeff Wilson, I think, like Vander said, it's a good sell-high opportunity to package him, to upgrade a position of need. You won't know after this week who's going to be the guy. Right. They have the Broncos, and then, you know, they have uh, – after that, that they have the Rams so they're coming in two pretty good defenses on the run so the thing that I like about Marlon Mack is he's very cheap or free it doesn't matter the name if you get the job for the 49ers there's guaranteed volume that comes along with that even if you're not number one on that list they run a committee you're going to get your touches as long as you're one two or sometimes three so as far as I'm concerned, Joe Wilson gets hurt every year. We're just waiting on it to happen. Mitchell is already hurt. He's going to be out for another month and a half, give or take. Marlon Mack can work his way to the front of this depth chart, and we'll kind of see what he does with the reps. Like you said, prior to being signed to the practice squad, they did attempt to go after him in a trade. So right. this was a signing of convenience, and it was a signing that they actually wanted to happen when it wasn't convenient. So I, I kind of like the way this is setting up. That pretty much wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and hop into Rapid Fire 10. And now, Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, here we go, man. Rapid Fire 10. You already know what this is, man. The people got 10 quick questions. Who do they start? And let's get right into it. This is a running back question. And the folks want to know, should they start Damian Pierce or should they start A.J. Dillon? Oh, I want Pierce all day, every day. His value, you know, once they got Burkhead out of the picture, it's a wrap. That's his backfield going forward. I love how much percentage of snaps he played as well, too. It's only trended to him now being the bell cow. I love the volume that Pierce is getting, but I don't like the production with that volume just yet. I do believe he's going to be the man, but if we're talking about this week and this week alone, give me A.J. Dillon. 
A.J. Dillon is starting to kind of assert himself in that offense as the the 1B to the 1A as far as snaps, as far as carries, things of that nature. On last week, Jones was able to do more with it, but I do like the trend that Dillon is going towards. So this week, I think I like Dillon a little bit better. I think I like uh, Pierce as well, the matchup. Like you said, this week week only. What? Yeah, like they have the Bucks. So good luck. I mean, the the Bears are the worst run. I think like the worst team in the league against the run thus far. 189 yards a game. Yeah, so give me uh, give me a lot of Damian, a lot of Damian Pierce, and definitely DFS guys. This is another guy I like. So I like Fournette and I like Pierce. All right, this question they want to know: Should they play Michael Carter or should they play Chase Edmonds? Damn, that's a tough one because both of them on the opposite ends. We just saw Mostar play a considerable amount of touches this week, and then on the other end, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Edmonds and Edmonds has Buffalo, and Carter has Cincinnati. We just saw Brees Hall, I think, play like over sixty percent of the snaps this game. That's kind of tough. If I would have to say, I'm gonna go. <laughs> this I'm gonna is go with rapid Edmonds. fire, man. Go with Edmonds. I'm gonna go with Edmonds. I believe Mostar is taking over in Miami, and Brees Hall this past week. Uh, Michael Carter had 61% of the running back snap count in with the Jets this past week to Hall's 27%. I do like the fact that Carter seems to be the lead guy right now until Hall steps up and takes over. So give me the guy that's going to get more volume. I, I think I'm going to go with Mike Carter on this one. I love this question right here. It's a flex question. PPR. Do I play Derrick Henry or Armand St. Brown? I, I, oh man. <laughs> yeah. I got, okay, so this is my thing. In fantasy, you can go with what you know or you can go with what you see. And right now, I got to go with what I see. I know Derrick Henry is a stud, but what I see is a can't sit wide receiver. And Derrick Henry's last couple of weeks has been nothing to write home about. I think I'm going to go, especially in PPR, with the guaranteed point. Yeah, I agree. I think Amira St. Brown going against the Vikings. What? They don't have nobody to speak of that should challenge him at all. Like, it's, I think it's a surefire for that one. Yeah, I'm with y'all on that one. Terry McLaurin or Rashad Bateman? You're going to go with Bateman on this. The targets that McLaurin is used to getting, he's not getting that many targets anymore because he has two wide receivers out there that have a skill set that can definitely be utilized by Carson Wentz. They're going to be going up against Philly. Slade just shut down Jefferson. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be on McLaurin, which means that Wentz is going to be paying more attention to Samuel and Dots. Yeah, I think I'm still clear of McLaurin in this matchup. Yeah, I want Bateman. I'm, we already know how I feel about Bateman. It's clear cut. He doesn't, even though he's going against New England, which should be a tough matchup, it, it doesn't take much for this kid. Obviously, we've just already seen it the last two weeks. He, all he needs one little bit of daylight. He gone. We got the hot waiver guy, Garrett Wilson or Amari Cooper. Oh, both of them are in good matchups. I like Amari Cooper. The Steelers' defensive backfield uh, isn't of old. Obviously, Minka is playing lights out. Edmonds is playing lights out at safety. But as far as cornerback matchup, no Joe Hayden, no more. I like Amari to kind of cook. They, they need to get something going. Wilson is in a favorable matchup as well, but I just like Amari Cooper a lot better. Worst case scenario for the Jets is they're in a bit of a shootout. That game kind of has a higher ceiling, if you will. And Wilson has kind of shown himself to be that dude. 
within that wide receiver core. So I can see Flacco maybe going back to him. Now, I did see something a little blurb that said Wilson could possibly be ready, but he's more likely to go in week four. Zach Wilson goes. That'll kind of change my mind on Garrett Wilson. But in this particular matchup, I think I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson because I can see them having to throw the ball from beginning. To end. We got they say Donovan Peoples-Jones or Noah Brown. I'm going to stand the flames with Noah Brown. For whatever reason, he seems to be favorite wide receiver. You know, you just ride with it until it ain't what it is. I agree. I love DPJ, but I think that's the thing. When you get people that play in the second and third team together, they're going to already have that chemistry, and you can just see it paying off uh, even last week. This one is a tight end question. They want to know, should they play Evan Ingram or should they play Austin Hooper? Hooper got a couple of pretty decent targets. I saw them kind of trying to get the ball his way in the red zone um, wasn't a good decision that time but he was out there and he was getting the target I, I just I don't know I, I actually like Dan Arnold on the Jaguars in the same position more than I like Evan Ingram I, I think Arnold will end up taking over that spot um, before things are said and done but I think I'm gonna roll with Hooper I'm thinking uh, Evan Ingram I actually think this is a good chance for him to revive his career his involvement in offense has been really high and he's gonna be in a nice matchup where it's gonna be high pace and a lot of uh, back and forth. So I think I favor Evan Ingram in his matchup. Okay, we got Kyle Pitts or CeeDee Lamb. I I'm think gonna go they may force Kyle Pitts into the game plan this week, and it doesn't seem like right now, even if they want to force CeeDee Lamb into the game plan, that it's going to work. So I, I guess I'm going to go with the guy that I think if they tried, it could work. Pitts. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad we were on the same time same time with this one. I think Pitts is he's due for a bounce back game. Them using him at more of an inline blocker and everything else, that's a waste of time. You didn't give up the fourth overall pick to have this guy block and to be a decoy. Never thought I would see this one. We have Tom Brady, Carson Wentz. That is interesting because you have the guy who's better for real life and the guy who has been better for <laughs> So, yeah, um, Philly has shown the ability to shut down number one wide receivers. They've shown the ability to stymie the run game. I don't think this is a good week for Washington. I agree. I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't trust Wentz against what just happened. Kirk Cousins couldn't even handle the Eagles. So I can only imagine what Wentz going to do. I think Tom Brady, believe it or not, is going to do relatively well. Like he came, it was a 21-3 deficit at halftime. He came back and made that game competitive and even lost Ingram in the beginning of the fourth. Yeah. Tom Brady gonna will them to win. All right, last but not least, we got the hot guy, Tua Tagovailoa, and we have you all's guy, Trevor Lawrence. I know it sounds a little, maybe a little gap, but Tua has Buffalo this week, and Trevor Lawrence has the Chargers. I am going to go with Tua. Los Angeles, until they get a few injuries in, in their defensive backfield, which normally happens every year, until that happens, they have a stud defense. So I don't think this is a good week for Jacksonville. I'm going to go actually with Trevor Lawrence. Um, Tua is going to have his work cut out for him this week in a much more competitive matchup. We saw the 30 second. He just tore apart the 30 second ranked defense. He's not getting that same matchup this week. It's going to be fairly competitive between the Jaguars and Chargers. And I, I just like the weapons that uh, Lawrence has at his disposal to keep that game very competitive to the end. So that concludes our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10.
Okay, so let's hop right into this week's matchups and we will be able to let you know who we think may kind of surprise you, who we think should be a stalwart of your DFS lineups and your start sit decisions. And we will start with Thursday night's game, which is going to be Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. There is a four and a half point spread on this one with an over under of 38 and a half. Traditionally, Thursday night games do go a little bit lower just in general. And essentially, you have two backup quarterbacks. You definitely have division rivals, so the coaches kind of know what's going on with the other teams. I would attempt to stay away from anyone from either one of these teams as far as I'm Yeah, I think I have to agree with you on that as far as the fantasy goes. I'm not a fan of anyone in this game. Some guys you just have to play because they're on your team. You spent a high draft pick on them, like uh, Najee Harris. The matchup is not there for him. He hasn't been playing well. I don't think he's healthy. But what you going to do? I mean, it seems like you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place when it comes to a guy, a guy like that. I'm not a fan of anybody fantasy-related. Uh, but Nick Chubb is also a favorite of mine. Do play Nick Chubb. I think him and uh, uh, Kareem Hunt would do well this game. I mean, because the Steelers' defense is not the same without T.J. White out there. I can see that. Honestly, you know, the Steelers are not really good against the pass this year. Who knows? I mean, I, I'm not saying play Jacoby Brissett. You probably could see some some good stuff from Amari Cooper in this game as well. If you do play any guys, those would be some of the guys you play. You play most of the pass catchers from – well, play the offense of the Browns. Let's just put it like that. One thing I am curious about this game is to see if Trubisky comes out flat, how many more fans are going to be screaming for, for Pickett. So I'm interested in seeing that. Well, he's coming for sure. I think the, the level of consistency, you have to always look at Deontay. I think that's a, a given that he's going to have five or six catches uh, this game. And then, too, I mean, if you need, if something's viable for a flex option, George Pickens uh, should be hev- more heavily involved this matchup. I know for what we thought he would be going from preseason to regular season, he wasn't targeted as much. And Evie went on to say, I was open all game his last matchup. And I looked at the game, too. God was clearly open. They're going to write the ship. Tabriski already spoke on it. I don't think it transitions to him having a monster game. But if you need a flex option, I think George Pickens this week would be a good matchup. We have New Orleans going up against the Carolina Panthers. This one is a three-point spread going towards New Orleans. And the over-under is that 40 and a half. I'll say this one could end up producing a few sparks here or there, but only if it's a blowout. If New Orleans blows out Carolina and then Baker Mayfield has to throw the ball like for the rest of the game and they can't really get the ground game going too much, then I can see that kind of working out fantasy-wise. Other than that, I can see it being a long day for Carolina in general. New Orleans, I'll say I like the fact that Chris Olave is getting the lion's share of the targets. He has the highest amount of air yards right now in the NFL. Um, so it's only a matter of time before he pops with that combination of stats. I definitely like him. I like Kamara. We'll see what happens with Winston. Um, it's possible to have a couple of receivers have good days and the quarterback still not do too well. That's kind of what I see happening here. It seems like the strength of the Saints is is actually the strength of the Panthers. The Carolina Panthers is one of the better pass defenses that we have gone so far this year. I don't see Winston having a really good game. He's already come in with a back issue. And one thing I know, I've never heard a guy in my life say, I used to have a bad back. If you got a bad back, you got a bad back. The Panthers uh, haven't been good against the run so hopefully if Kamara is present I think you should load him up he probably have a good game against his defense um, that we've seen have been getting chopped up a little bit the last couple weeks Chubb had his way with him you know as well so like don't play James Winston in this game as far as the Carolina Panthers man 
we we starting to see McCaffrey step up. He's getting now uh, like a, a whopping ninety one percent share or something like that. So his number is yep. going up. So I think we're going to start seeing a little bit turn of the clock, turn back to the, the old McCaffrey because his offense for them to win some games, they got to do something. I'm, I'm starting to hear Sam Darnold when come off IR could be the starter. So that'll definitely be interesting. You know what I mean? So. I would love to see McCaffrey get more involved in a passing game. It's, it's just so weird. We, I'm just used to him catching seven, eight passes a given week. And I just feel like he hasn't really got his chance to really come about. I think he's playing hard. He's running hard. He looks amazing. But I think they got to cut him loose, man, let him go off. Because Robbie Anderson has been playing like the number one receiver. And then DJ Moore has been just getting used sparingly. So I wanted to see a little uptake. You have Houston going up against Chicago. This one has a two and a half point spread. And that's going towards Chicago's way. This one has a 40 point over under. I can see this game possibly being a dud. You have Brandon Cook stardom outside of cooks um if you if you're in a pinch at maybe flex pierce is a guy that you can start david montgomery i like against the houston's run defense and that's about it they they aren't really passing the ball very much at all so don't really like fields or his pass catching options until they increase the passing ball yeah i agree this could very well be an ugly game but you play the running backs on both teams because both teams have ugly run defenses i'm a guy i have james connor I also have A.J. Dillon in my league, and I have Damian Pierce. And to be honest with you, I feel more comfortable playing Damian Pierce than those two guys this week. You know what I mean? I'm more of a guy to go off matchups and things of that nature. I know A.J. Dillon would probably come in rank higher, but playing against the Buccaneers, I think I trust Pierce against this uh, bottom-of-the-barrel defense of the Chicago Bears. Uh, and it looks like he's taking the, the lion's share. He's taking the lead role. In this game, I love David Montgomery. I think he'll do well, and I also love uh, Damian Pierce, who I think will be what people thought he was going to be in week one. I think we'll see that. Just one, one name pops out, Brandon Cooks. I want every bit of that um, against the Bears. The Bears are just bottom in rushing yards, and they're close in the 20s as far as passing yards, giving up as well, too. I think a get-right position if you're targeting any uh, Houston guys to fire them up. Kansas City is going up against Indianapolis. There's a five-and-a-half-point spread here going towards Kansas City with a 50-and-a-half point over-under. I love both teams in this one. The over-under is as such that they're not going to have a choice but to put up points on both sides. I like Indy to kind of get right, especially if Pittman is back. Alec Pierce is definitely back already, so they should have that complement of receivers. And I can see fireworks in this one. Man, this is a tricky game, to be honest with you. I mean, I would look for the Colts to fire JT up. You know, Jonathan Taylor's to try to get him back fired up because giving him nine carries, it's not going to work. The Chiefs have a sneaky defense, though. There's one of the teams like... They're not really on people's radar, but defensively, they're pretty sneaky. They did lose Gay for a couple of games, uh, so that's going to probably be big. I think it's a game that you see Juju Smith-Schuster play a little bit better. I do not like the running game of the, the Chiefs this week against the Colts. But, you know, you just fire up your guys as usual, per usual, this game. You love Mahomes, the Kelsey's of the league. I'm not a fan of Ryan. You must play JT in this game. And we do see Michael Pittman come back. But I don't think he'll do well against the Chiefs. I think they're going to hold him pretty well. I'm not really a, really a fan of much. I mean, like, if Pittman comes back, you, you would have to target Pittman. Um, but I think with a quiet injury, something like that, I just feel like he's a week away. If I, I would prefer – I would be more confident. Not per se because he's going to get the chief. I think he'll kill the Chiefs. But something like that, I would prefer him a week away, a week or two away from being 100%. Other than that, I, I'm going to go to somebody that you had. Somebody, if you want to mention 
mentioned the flex. Dolan, I think, is going to be a really good play, a strong play for somebody who needs a flex option. You said who Who was that? Uh, Dolan. I don't know if I'm butchering his name for the Colts wide receiver. It's Dolan or Dolan. Okay. D-U-L-I-N. Dolan. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay. We have Buffalo going up against Miami. This is a six-point spread going Buffalo's way. 52 and a half point over under. When in doubt, I look at the over unders to kind of tell me whether or not it's a matchup that I should target. And this over under is definitely telling me that I should target this game. I love everything Buffalo has going on offense uh, for all intents and purposes. Now, obviously, I'm not saying start like your, you know, your McKenzie's or Crowder's or um, those type guys, but your, your, your digs. Gabe Davis, even Singletary, who I know Miami's run defense is it's on the plus side, but I, I wouldn't be fearful to start Singletary in this matchup. Your Miami guys, you start your guys, start Tua, start Waddle, start Hill. I would not start Chase, um, but I may start most starting. I kind of disagree. I would not play Singletary at all. Uh, seemed like we're starting to see a change in the guard. James Cook had more rushing attempts than he did last week. And I think we started seeing the change of the guard with that situation. Um, I mean, Devin Singletary last week had only six carries in that game, and Cook had 11. Yeah, but so Cook came in when, after that game got out of hand. That's that's the scary part with that synopsis stuff. It, but six carries? I mean, it didn't get out of hand that fast. But you think they scored? They was up, what, 31 or something? Like, it was a ridiculous amount when we saw Cook. Same thing with Pacheco uh, week two or week one. He got a certain amount of carries, but Kansas City already put the team to bed. I think, yeah, but I think it's just, six I think carries. It was killing them through the air. Everything was money through the air. And you got to keep in you got to keep in account that Singletary had fifty four percent of the snaps to twenty six percent of Cook snap. To Joe's point, a lot of what Singletary does does but, happen through the air, and he is on the field. But play. but this is my thing, right? At halftime, the score is only seventeen to seven. The game was out of hand to the third. That's when they went off. They scored 24 points in the third quarter. So the game was out of hand early. If this guy only going to have six carries the whole game, that's that's alarming to me. I mean, I see if the game got out of hand early, but it was still a ball game at the half. It was 17-7. Me personally, I'm not going to play him. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you should play uh, Cook. I mean, Singletary. I think Cook is looking like he's going to be the guy. This is already a carousel committee anyway with Zach Moss, but I like him even less now. So if you have Singletary, I think you should sell him. Oh, I, I do agree with selling them. Yeah. I don't think I would run away from starting them if I had to in a flex spot. I don't think so. I don't think you should play them in a flex spot, guys. That's just me. Um, like you said earlier, man, play all the bills that you can play as far as the receivers and the quarterback, for sure. Um, wow, as far as Tua, I don't know. This may be We're going to really see what he's about. You know, this is one of them games. Well, see, they got a lot of defensive players out in Buffalo. So that's why I, I don't mind starting Miami's offensive guys. Like, if Tredavious White was there, if, we don't know if uh, Micah Hyde is going to play. I think, Poyer, I think Poyer was injured as well. So, I mean, it's a lot of dudes out. Yeah. So, you know, just saying. Yeah. I mean, I like two. I mean, two is not a guy. He's, I mean, he's two step, three step, and it's out. You know what I mean? He throws a, a quick ball. You know what I mean? Now, if he's back there, you know, to the seventh step, then he could get in trouble. But he has the, the playmakers on his team that gets those yards up and catch. So I think he'd be fine. I don't want to think too much into this matchup. I've seen what the Bills defense did to the Rams week one. I definitely saw what they just did to Tennessee. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe I, I'm not sipping the Kool-Aid just yet with Tua and and, and, and Core. Because the first half of that game, Waddle was the only person killing shit. I think, you know, playing again a weaker defense, the 32nd ranked defense, giving up over 100, 450 yards week one and two, and through just through the air. Not even talking about anything else. Um, the Bills are going to find a way to to make, make do against uh, this matchup. Of course, you still fire him up, but if you're expecting the 160 and all that that glaring stuff, you might as well have some humble pie. I think these receivers would be well under 100, but they'll each get a touchdown. That makes sense. So I don't, I'm not a fan of two this week. I think the pressure will get to it. We have Detroit against Minnesota and Baltimore against New England. In the Detroit-Minnesota matchup, there's a six-point spread going Minnesota's way, 52-and-a-half point over-under. Start your guys. I, I like every yeah. bit of the offense in this game. I'll make that short and sweet. What you guys got on these matchups? No, I agree with you. It's going to be short and sweet. Just start everybody. A DFS play. Combine uh, Jared Goff and combine uh, Armand St. Brown. He's the hottest thing right now. Jared Goff coming off a good game. Four touchdown game. Had 26 points. So I think you just play all you guys. All, all you guys. The Cooks, Cousins, Jefferson. Just all the skill players. Run them out there. I agree. Just run everybody out there. I think Bateman, I think this is another 100-yard game for him. I think he's, like I said, what he's doing with just half, just catching half of his targets, by far similar to what he was doing last year. I think it's another 100-yard game for him, probably two touchdowns, so I'll fire him up. You got Cincinnati going up against the Jets and Las Vegas going up against Tennessee. In the Cincinnati-New York matchup, there's a five-point spread going Cincinnati's way, 45-point over-under. And with the Raiders versus the Titans, there is only a two-point spread going Vegas's way with a 45-and-a-half-point over-under. In this matchup, I do like my Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know that I like any of the Jets in particular. Wilson could have a decent game. Carter could have a decent game, but I wouldn't depend on it. As far as Cincinnati is concerned, I'm starting Burrow, I'm starting Mixon, I'm starting Chase, I'm starting Higgins, and um, that's pretty well, pretty much where I'm at with that. Vegas, Tennessee, start your guys in Vegas. Tennessee, that entire team is puzzling me right now. Henry is looking more like a court jester than a king at the moment. I, I don't know what to feel about Tennessee. Las Vegas, I would start my dude. Uh, I think Tennessee will kind of find their way uh, this this would be a good game to kind of break out of that trance that they're in uh, with the Raiders defense being a little more towards the back of the pack. Uh, they're not good against the pass, so I'm interested to see if Tannehill will get going with the pass game. I think he need to really find someone to really – someone need to take that lead, whether it's going to be Woods, uh, Traylon Burks, uh, Phillips, Hooper. Somebody got to take the, the lead, though, you know, in that – and we spoke on this, right? At least, I, you know, early in the season when I was saying, hey, there's nobody that can really stretch the field on this team. So guys are going to be playing up. And we've seen that it's been affecting Henry. So somebody got to step up in the past game so you can get those safeties to play honest. Will it still hurt or what? He, he, no, he played. He, he played. Okay. Yeah, he played a little bit, but, you know, so hasn't done much with the, the time. No, that I, mean, I mean, I know he was out there, but I'm just saying that he don't look like his normal self. Or, or maybe it's just he's not getting the looks or what. But. Well, he had four catches for 39 yards this past Sunday. Exactly. Uh, you know, and one of those, <laughs> that ain't Woods. Yeah. And that means come off the injury, but, again, it's not the Rams. You know what I'm saying? So, well, that's true, too. That's true. Too. Uh, one guy I do love, though, uh, Jacobs. I mean, <laughs> the Tennessee Titans are like the 31st team against the Ryan. So play Josh Jacobs. I think he'll finally get in the end zone. He hasn't did that yet. 
But for him to get 20 touches last week, that was a good thing. Jameer White, Abdul, these guys are really not really putting no pressure on him. So he seemed like he's the lead dog over there. So I like Josh Jacobs in this in this matchup. As far as the Cincinnati matchup, play all you guys. I mean, I think Joe Burrow, I think the Cincinnati team will kind of take a step forward. He did say he's going to delete his Twitter. He deleted his IG. He said they need to play better. And I think we'll see a Cincinnati team that's going to play better this week. Going to that Cincinnati and Jets matchup, I like Brees Hall, man. I'm, I don't like my, you, I can care less who's getting the more what. Like, more and more you're seeing his usage and just, have like, not his usage, but his overall performance just kind of be more and more reminiscent of why we thought so highly of him and why he's going to be a phenomenal talent. I think he's going to definitely find the red zone this game. And also, too, if this game is fairly competitive or it gets close, he is really viable in the pass-catching game. So I think he'll definitely get a touchdown and also catch some receptions. As far as Vegas, Tennessee, like we already know, like you guys said, not going to be the dead horse. I like Traylon Burks. We're talking about somebody to step up. You know, hear it all the time, like how the offseason went and the conditioning and everything else. But nonetheless, they're using this guy. When they're using him, they're using him on routes that are fairly intermittent, the more deeper passes. And so far, he's been, you know, doing relatively well. Hasn't transitioned to touchdowns. But again, another game, if it gets out of hand, I like him to still be uh, utilized to some extent and against a, a somewhat weaker secondary possibly find the red zone. I think that puts him in definitely a flex conversation, definitely wide receiver too. Philly going up against Washington and Jacksonville going up against Los Angeles. These are going to be some of the higher spreads. Um, right now you have Philly with six and a half, and this is a 47 and a half point over under. In this one, Jacksonville, Las Vegas, you have a seven point uh, spread going towards the Chargers way. Same uh, over under 47 and a half. What say you gentlemen on these matchups? The Chargers matchup, Jacksonville, man, hey, I like Herbert. I like Herbert and all the guys he got. I mean, let's see, let's see how that 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 rib look. You know what I'm saying? If he fallen a couple times, um, I'm gonna be you know watching that. To be honest with you, I don't too much care for Austin Eckler this game. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense has been pretty good against the run, and we haven't seen the Eckler old. He has yet to touch the end zone. Of course, you got to play him because you spent a high draft choice on this. Game. As far as on the Jacksonville side, I'm I'm still a big fan of James Robinson. Still, he's going to find a way to get it done. So I think that's irregardless. And I think um, Christian Kirk questioned in the whole debacle: Is he one of a, a good receiver or a great receiver? I think he's definitely somebody you can fire up even against the Chargers secondary. They're finding the most creative ways to get him exploited, you know, against matched up with linebackers and safeties. And I think he'll fare really well against Philly and Washington. We already know to start everybody in Philly. You got Bradbury, Slay, and you got my dude CDJ, formerly of the Saints. I don't think they can perform that well against that kind of defense. So I'm fading all of Washington. Maybe McKissick, I guess you will see, um, get a lot of the uh, catching reps for that team. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. Uh, that secondary they put together was is really nice. Spoke on it again. I was saying that Bradbury, you know, people talk about Bradbury. He, yeah, he he's not a good number one, but he's a hell of a number two. I tell you that. Yeah, four picks <laughs> you know like that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So he got a lot of flack when he uh, went to the Giants and you know didn't play well. But I like him there, and I agree with you on your take. Uh, play 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 your Eagles, and and uh, you might want to fade a lot of those Commanders. You have the Los Angeles Rams going up against the Arizona Cardinals. This is only a three and a half point spread, 48 and a half point over under. I love the Rams. Kyler Murray will figure a way to put some points on the board. Who they're going to go to, I have no idea. 
I think you fire up Dorch in this game just because it seems like they're using that slot quite a bit. And until Rondell Moore is back, Dorch is going to be the guy there, so he has guaranteed targets. Outside of that, if, if Cook goes, you start him. And if he doesn't go, you start Williams. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 debating. I'm just want to see if Connor's going to run or not. He's been day-to-day, so we don't know if he's going to play or not. I think you want to watch and see if Darrell Williams is going to get that start. So I do like, man, this is this is a tough one. I guess you do. I, I kind of agree with you with the Dorch thing. I mean, because I guess Ramsey would probably be following around Marquise. And, you know, the Rams, you run all those guys out there. You play them. Sit down, Henderson, man. Look like Acres may be the guy again. So this is so tricky, man, to be honest with you. Yeah, so um, I, I like both of y'all takes. Honestly, um, getting real sneaky with it, and if you're in a league that you might need help at running back, you know Benjamin. Like, Daryl Williams did a tremendous job in play last week. But let's not forget, like, it was a 30-30 and 30 as far as, you know, Benjamin. 30 yards rushing, and he's also been averaging three catches both weeks one and two. I think that trends continue. Having to keep pace with the Rams' offense, we already know that they favor that pass catcher back out of the, you know, the backfield. And I think that continues with, you know, I think if somebody needs a subtle eight, nine points, somebody that can uh, squeeze in possibly a touchdown, I'm going to say that like a 30% chance, um, you know, is definitely somebody to look at. He's been sneakily getting utilized a lot as far as the pass catcher. Atlanta is going up against Seattle. This game has a 42-point over-under, a two-point spread going Seattle's way. I can see this being one of the lower-scoring games of the week. I really only want to start who I have to in this game to keep it brief. So with this matchup, honestly, like you said, start who you who you have to. I think, But I think you, everybody should kind of be a little bit more optimistic against a softer matchup for DK. I know Terrell is Terrell, but I don't think Terrell is going to be matched up on him all game. I think he's just going to play the X, and he's going to definitely have a decent game. Looking at this team, I'm fading Rashard Penny. I think uh, we saw what happened with Kenny Walker, and I think it's now one of those times that kind of if Penny has a good game, it's a good sell-high opportunity. I think it's a big game where we see Kyle Pitts get back on board. haven't seen him at all. I like him in DFS as, as well. He's only 5,600. Uh, but like you said earlier, Zay, I think they're going to kind of force feed him into the game plan. guess we'll see uh, Gino kind of get back to playing well, looking better than he did last week. I do like Atlanta Falcons' uh, Mariota only because of the legs. I'm kind of curious about this um, this running back situation with Cordell Patterson. As you kind of see, they kind of the, the rookie, Alagier, they kind of bar him on a little bit. And I'm not sure that was just because of the script or whatever, but I'm curious to see how that looks. It is a pretty decent matchup for Patterson, but they split the case right down the middle last week. So I'm not sure they're about to turn this to a committee. I did speak on Cordell not being a guy that can last the whole season being that running back. So maybe that's what it is. We have Green Bay going up against Tampa Bay, San Fran going up against Denver. In the Green Bay-Tampa Bay game, there is only a one-point spread, and it's going Tampa Bay's way. This is a 41-and-a-half point over under. I think that Tampa Bay takes this one. Alan Lazard will have a decent game. They'll try to get the run game going, but Tampa Bay's run defense is pretty stout. So I think this could possibly be another Jones game just because he's going to be utilized in the past. As far as San Fran and Denver are concerned, San Fran's run defense is traditionally pretty good. This may not be a rushing game for Williams, but luckily he catches the ball out of the backfield by a nice clip. Hopefully the Sutton and Russell Wilson connection will continue to grow. I wouldn't 
mind starting Wilson. And as we've noted in the past, when Jimmy Garoppolo's in the game, Kittle's a stud. So if Kittle does go, I wouldn't be leery to start him with Jimmy being back. I would be leery of starting Brandon Ayuk because Jimmy's in the game. Debo's a go, obviously. And as far as the running back is concerned, if you have to start Wilson, start Wilson. Do not start any of these uh, these running backs, I don't think, uh, for the 49ers. Uh, I think if you must start Wilson, then got to start him. But I guess this Denver defense, I'm not really a fan of it. I think Debo will get back to being more Debo, not that Jimmy G's at quarterback. Seems like Trey Lansky will sit, fit more IU. Exactly. Uh, Sutton probably will take a, a step forward. We'll see on that Judy injury, see how serious that is. He may get a lot more targets downfield. But I think you play those guys as well, per usual. Let's see how Javonta, that whole experiment goes. 49ers has a pretty good run defense but i want to see how it looks against those guys you gotta play them though yeah i agree um green bay versus tampa i think it's a trap for the packers I, it just scream trap i don't know why as far as tampa i'm same thing well tampa i like little for that going back to what you mentioned earlier in the show I think he's going to be heavily involved in this offense. So that's the only person I'm really liking for Tampa. San Francisco, a little different. I love Sutton and Javante. I, I think it's one of two ways. He's going to find a way to get it done. But if if anything else, we know this boy can also catch the ball. So I think he just you have to start him. Like if he's somebody you have on your team, you just have to start him. Sutton, like you said, over 30% target share. But San Francisco, not worried about that at all. As far as San Francisco, like you said, got to be Ayuk and Debo. And I think Ayuk is starting to have a nice floor where you, he's dependable as a, a subtle kind of flex working into wide receiver too. But I do like this matchup with Patrick Sertan being possibly out this game. So I like those guys. Last matchup, which is Monday night's game, we have Dallas going up against the Giants. Only a one-point spread here. This is a 39-point over-under. Traditionally, Monday night games tend to score a little bit higher. So it being one of the lower over-unders of the week, matters of fact, I think it may actually be the lowest. No, the lowest is Pittsburgh, Cleveland. So it's the second to the lowest. This has to have a lot to do with Cooper Rush. I would hope that the Giants may be able to kind of take advantage with Dak being on the shelf, but the star of Dallas right now is actually the defense. Michael Parsons has been tearing it up, and this is not the game to have a lackluster offensive line. Also, couple that with it being a division, you know, they, they know each other very well. I can see this game ending up kind of being a lower scoring game. If you have Barkley, obviously you got to start him. As far as my Dallas guys are concerned, I don't really want to start anybody on Dallas, to be honest with you. There's nobody that I have the confidence in, I would say. As far as New York is concerned, give me Barkley. Jones will figure out a way to put up points. Who he's going to utilize other than Barkley, it's a shot in the dark. Yeah, you play Barkley because you have to. I mean, that's the only reason. I mean, considering I'm not a fan of anybody, probably on either team offensively, I'm probably more of a fan of the defense. If you can, this is a good streaming defense. Go get that Dallas defense because good old Daniel Jones has been sacked, I think, more times than anybody thus far. No, uh, Joe Burrow. The oh, he's, been, <laughs> oh, he's he's either been sacked he's up or, there, been, though, yeah. or rushed like I think um as far as like hurries or something like that. He's he's up there in one of those um statistics, but I definitely see uh, Michael Parsons getting at him again, probably another two sack game plus for him. Um, so that's a good streaming defense. That's probably one of the things I really like from this game, is that to be honest with you, I'm not really a fan of anybody fantasy wise. Yeah, this matchup, um honestly, I must I must say I'm aware for saying this. I like C D Lamb, I like Noah Brown. Um, 
on this matchup. Um, considering the Giants are definitely on the mid and secondary, and they really don't have, they have lackluster names now that I, I started to look at it. Right now they have Aaron Robinson, Nick McLeod, and then we also saw the former Titans DB uh Jackson, Dory Jackson step out of the game at some point. I think he'll still play, but they're down a lot in their secondary. For whatever reason, Cooper and Lamb got a little thing going on. I think we already seen the seven reception game from Noah Brown. We know what to kind of expect. As far as the Giants, you just really can't tell with the carousel at receiver. One game, Tooney, uh, Tooney's in the doghouse, but I also think he's still nursing a hamstring. But also think Kenny Galladay wasn't doing well. If somebody needed somebody, Lito, she- I mean, Shepard is going to be somebody who is somewhat valuable. But Richie James, I think if you guys are in dire need of a solid start, his floor is probably up there. Yeah, Shepard definitely has the lion's share of the targets right now for that team. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. We will be back to you on Tuesday with the weekend review and the waiver wire pickups for week four. We out.